Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cubbies Baseball. The team is currently away for today's game. Kid Moto's on the mound. He always requests away games because he likes pitching in the bottoms of the innings, that is. Somebody bring me a Budweiser. Welcome, everybody, to the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Following the Five Dirty Bikers on social media, find us on Facebook and like us on Instagram and Twitter at Five Dirty Bikers. Hey, Dustin. Yes, sir. What in the name of an elephant's uterus are we talking about tonight? <laughs> Welcome <Thank> back. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Dirty Bikers podcast. Today, we've got a special guest episode. We have Brian Matson joining us today. Brian, uh, let everybody know, what, well, you're on YouTube, right? And you do some bike building. So go ahead and let the, the listeners know a little bit about what you do and in your, in your background. Yeah, my, my background in motorcycles is minimal. I'll start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, when I turned 40 years old, I, I don't know if I had a midlife crisis or something, but I went to Harley Davidson and signed up for their Riders Academy. I was a huge Chips fan when I was growing up, like the original vintage television show, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to ride motorcycles. Did the Riders Academy, never had a bike, and never worked on a bike. I, I rode bikes for a little while when I was growing up. I crashed one. And I never got back on. And it was always one of those things that I kind of regretted that I never got back on. And uh, I don't know, when I turned 40, I was just like, I want to ride. And then I remember at Riders Academy, Harley is very good about selling you things. And, you know, they're trying to sell you a motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're trying to sell me these motorcycles. Tony went in for an O-ring one day, come out with a new motorcycle. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was was relentless. And all I kept thinking about was um, really nostalgia. My father had a 75, uh, 754 growing up. And uh, he would give us, my sister and I, rides on that motorcycle. And I just love those CDs. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to buy a new one. I'm going to find one and I'm going to restore it. Had no idea what I was going to get into with that bike. I found one on Marketplace. I bought it. I restored it. And uh, that was my first bike. That's my daily kind of rider. That's the one I go to. And then I got the fever, man. That's the best way to explain it. I kind of caught the fever. I was on Marketplace and I saw uh, a CB, uh, CL350 for a hundred bucks. And I was like, this one needs some love. It's pretty rough. That's the one that's featured on the YouTube channel. Um, And I rebuilt that one back to life. I mean, it, it was dead. I, I think any normal person would have turned tailed and, and ran away from that bike. Parts sure. bike. It was a parts bike, and there were no parts on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there was nothing left on it that It was bike, a man. used parts bike. No, no. It, 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 was, yeah. it was a bare-bones motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still That's in the one box. way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, actually, happy accident, man. Um, when I first rolled that thing into the garage, I was like, you know, I'm going to make a YouTube video, just show people this bike, because I was just thought it was, would be fun. And then slowly but surely, it turned into 207 parts and uh, 40 hours of uh, tutorial how-to restoration. And honestly, I, I, I use the term how-to loosely on my videos, because I'm kind of learning along the way. Um, honestly, I'm using the manual. I'm getting familiar with it. The, the, the best thing that I did, um, and if, I, if somebody wanted to get into restoring motorcycles, it, it's a passion. I, I've jumped in 
neck deep at this point, um, is your first bike should be a complete bike. Because if I wouldn't have rebuilt that first uh, 1970 CB, the gold one that you'll see on my Instagram and TikTok and the YouTube channel, I wouldn't have had any clue what to do at all. You know, having that complete bike right off the bat, I got familiar with that model. And then when I got the 72 CL, I'd kind of been there before and I, I could see what was missing. And I often think if that 72 would have been the first bike I bought, I, I would have become so frustrated and quit that project. But, uh, and then from there, it just turned into, honestly, I got sick of making videos and I've always had a passion for, you know, just content in general. I, I love Twitch. Um, I was streaming some video game stuff on Twitch for a while. I had a darting, uh, like a darts live stream for a while. And I was like, why don't I just turn this into something I'm really passionate about? And now I've started these live streams and I'm doing Wednesday night live streams and kind of following through on this new project, which is a 70 CL. Um, And then uh, like a week after I started the live stream, I found a 72 CB. Um, So I've got uh, two motorcycles on the shelf down here in my basement that I'm just I'm just kind of working through right now. And uh, yeah, I just, I'd love restoring parts, man. I love bringing these old parts back together, back, back to life, man. Like literally, I feel like I'm breathing new life into things and uh, I get great, great amount of satisfaction from it. Well, it's really hard to find a Harley that you can buy for a hundred dollars. You know, I mean, if you want to go buy a bolt, it's going to call, you know, it's going to cause you to, you know, spend a hundred dollars yeah 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 it's uh the the hondas the the 350 twins for sure they manufactured a ton of them and there's a lot of parts and parts are readily available on ebay and i mean every week i'm seeing these barn finds pop up um you know on marketplace and and things like that so parts really aren't a problem um they're great entry-level restoration i think but i just got something in in these cvs i I just love them there's just it's a nostalgia play for me for sure um but it's it's a really great feeling to bring those back to life yeah oh yeah most definitely what is the difference in the uh in the hondas the cl versus the cb what is the difference in those two yeah, the most prominent is, of course, the exhaust system. Uh, the CL okay. has the side pipe exhaust, raised exhaust. CL actually, uh, it also has a little bit larger sprocket on it. Um, okay. the, the bars are a little bit different. Um, I've heard that, that they may have been a little bit different engine-wise, but I personally haven't really seen that. I think they're just a straight-up Honda Twin um, that, that drop into there. There's some other small nuances that the rear foot pegs are a little bit different because of the side pipe exhaust. You know, there's just little variants that you have to balance that all out. But um, the current project I'm working on on the live stream, um, I'm actually trying to do uh, convert the CL into a CB. Uh, just oh, to see okay. if I can do it because um, the the style of bike I'm going for on this one, I, I, I just want the uh, normal low pipes and, uh, and something really, really simple because if any of you have ever worked with uh, CL pipes, they're a giant pain in the ass. You know, if, I have if you, but oh, Tony, man. Tony, have you? No, I have not. I was, I'm still fucking with the CB. I think I'll have it put together sometime in 2022. because what i'm shooting for i know i was on a i was on a scavenger hunt today for a little metal part about this big and i drove around for three hours until i found it oh wow tony no offense but 
the listeners can't see through the audio waves and see how big of a Can party you were talking this, about. Mike? <laughs> that's a big middle finger that's a you're number one yeah i'm you're number, number one. one no there was a little part that the uh that holds the clutch cable onto the onto the crankcase little bracket and little bracket little metal bracket and mine was missing and it's a fucking unicorn i couldn't find it yeah. So I, I drove around today to a couple of different shops until I finally found a guy that had a 450 set in there as a parts bike, and he just happened to have it on there. Yeah. Yeah, the adventures we go on for parts. Oh, yeah, God. I mean, parts are just no joke when you're messing with these things. Tony won't drive 20 minutes out of his way to get a part. He, he's complaining. He's like, I cannot believe I've got to drive 20 minutes. Well, that's the other you know, side of town. I, that's the other that's, side of town. I don't want to I'm going to give up. I'd, I'd rather just order it online. And if you don't have it the next day, you're pissed as a motherfucker. Yes. I mean, what's going on with the, I mean, shipping should be faster. Seriously? <laughs> well, Kentucky, when, when you have all the shipping hubs in Kentucky, they walk down the street and throw it on your front porch and it should be faster. Oh, yeah. So like Amazon, I can get the same day. If I order before 10 in the morning, it'll be at my door in the afternoon. Some guy so just drives by and opens day. up his trunk and just gives it to him. Yeah. If I got to wait a day to get it, I mean, <laughs> The hell? I, I remember well ordering out of the Sears Pony catalog. Ex Pony Express yeah. is bringing it. I remember looking through the J.C. Penny catalog before Christmas, and I was picking out all the shit I wanted. Mama, can I get these Lee jeans I've been looking for? <laughs> hell no! It'll take three months to get here. Do you guys? Do you guys remember jeans called Tough Skins? Yes. Yes. But did they? Yes. they do they come in sizes like slim and hefty? Husky. Um, I Husky. don't know, but they should bring those yeah. things back. They were they were tanks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they never bring back those Jenko jeans. They were kind of scratchy a little bit too, weren't they? Scratchy. Yeah. If you were yeah, to take off running, you'd set your nuts on fire from the friction. <laughs> Oof. Those were corduroy pants, Tony. <laughs> yeah. You could feel the heat beat build up in there if you took off running. Make that swishy noise bottoms. when you walk. <laughs> <laughs> hammer pants, man. It's some That's hammer good pants. Stuff. So those those many, old school uh, parachute pants. Hey Brian, hey, how many how many uh, how many Hondas have you have you built so far? Have you put to, put back together, restored? Working on my third, my third right nice. now. Yep, yep, yep. So I've got uh, one on the bench, another one on the shelf. I got four, and then I've got another one up in the Upper Peninsula that I'm helping a friend rebuild too. So that's five. Um, nice. It's it's become an addiction, and luckily my wife loves it. She's like, God, you that seem so cool. happy when you're when you're doing this stuff. Like, keep doing it. So yeah, yeah it's been awesome. That's the Do type you, of wife you need, man. Yeah. That's it. You better keep her. Keep her happy. If yeah. she's into motorcycles, hey, that's the way to go. Right. Yeah. She she's not even into motorcycles. She's just into me being happy. Right. Oh, yeah. Likewise, even you know, that's, that's, that's a great what's, combination. That's, that's a great combination. <laughs> Absolutely. That's good shit. So um, let me let me ask one thing. The, oh, the, the, the second bike that you restored, including what you paid for it on Marketplace, how much total money did you have into it? So I tallied it up. I went, I went deep on that one, in my opinion, right? I paid 100 bucks for it. The guy was moving, uh, selling the house. It was out behind the barn. It wasn't in a barn. It was behind the barn. <laughs> um, it, it was, I had it was out cut. behind the woodshed. Yeah, and it had a, <laughs> had, a, had a nice bush growing right through the middle of it. <laughs> And I mean, it, it was rough. Um, it was and full, it was 1980s. It was the full bush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
he he told me it hadn't moved in 10 years were the tires flat spotted (laughs) what was left of them i mean (laughs) yeah dude go back and look at the the first video of this thing it i was out of my mind out of my mind um so i went a little deep budget wise on it but i did learn a lot from it um because i started doing the darn youtube series right so I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm in, like, I got to like part 40 and I'm like, well, okay, now I'm getting serious. Cause I've sandblasted the parts. I've painted. Everything looks nice, but now I need bearings. <clears throat> now I need, now I need cables. Now I need brakes. Now I need all these things. So I bought all brand new parts. That, that bike is a brand new bike. Um, I came in just under three grand um, invested uh, in that bike. And that, and that includes, all the paint, all the sandpaper, you know, all the Dang. steel wool, the WD-40, you know, new, every, I mean, I use, I saved as much as I could, right? And, uh, you know, the, the original side covers are on it, on the engine, the original fenders, I saved the wheels, I re-spoked the wheels, um, so the spokes aren't original, um, and then I had to find parts, and that, that's what got really expensive. Um, it didn't have an exhaust system, so it didn't have that coveted CL side pipe exhaust, and mm. that thing is, go to eBay and start looking at exhaust parts for this, for this motorcycle, like a complete you know, CL350 exhaust system, that, and I bought it part by part because I was too cheap to drop the four bones on it. You know, mm. I was like, oh, I'll find it piece by piece by piece. It didn't have carburetors. It didn't have air boxes. Um, I mean, it didn't have a seat. It, so you got a frame and a motorcycle. You got a frame and a motor. Yeah. And the motor much. was seized. I, I had no idea what I was getting into with this thing. Um, but I got the motor unseized. I broke both the spark plugs off in the in the block. You know, so I had to figure out what the hell that was going on. But in a way, I was so frustrated when I broke. I remember I I was really frustrated. I broke both the spark plugs off trying to get it out. It was that bad. It's not like I was being haphazard here. I mean, I was doing I was doing everything I could to get them out and they broke. And I was like, well, and I watched part of the spark plug fall down into the cylinder as I as it broke off. And I was like, oh, God. Okay, so now that means I have to do a top-end rebuild on this engine. I can't run it with this ceramic, you know, piece bouncing around down in there. It would make Um, a special noise. uh, It was a pure sad sadness noise. (laughs) Whatever the sound of sadness is, that's that's what it was, man. Um, But it did force me. um, And really, the YouTube series forced me to keep going. Because if it wasn't for the YouTube series, I might have just said, fuck it and moved on you know, and, yeah. and, and done it. But I was like, no, I've got all these views. These videos are going, now, I got to do it now. And then yeah. that whole series went into doing a top end rebuild, pulled the pistons, uh, you know, did the cylinders, honed all the cylinders, did all of that. Um, and uh, yeah, well, it, it was it, honestly, that whole series is a happy mistake. And every day I'm getting comments from people saying, I found your series. This is a godsend. Um, you know, or thank you for showing such detail. That's the other thing too. It's like there, some of the videos are pretty long, but yeah. you see every swing of the ratchet. Wow. <laughs> you know, how does the fucker run now? 
Does it run? It good? runs great. It runs great, except for one thing that I'm going to tear into this weekend. And I think I finally diagnosed the problem. I think my carburetor diaphragm slide is sticking on my left carburetor um, because I can't get it. I can't, it, it kind of developed, which is weird. It ran really good the first two, three weeks that I, that I had it going. And now all of a sudden I can't get that left side carburetor up over 5,000 RPMs. But if I sit there and I finicky and I just go at it and I try to pull it, it'll find, you can almost hear that slide move. And then it goes rip, ring, then it goes. Because on those carburetors, there's a little pin or a, a needle, right? Yeah. It goes in, in into those jets. So I think I've got a, a sticky um, carburetor slide right now. And that's that's on the agenda for the weekend is to, to tear that out before it gets too cold and do that. But I, I was amazed um, when... Like all the work that went into that, the feeling of getting that thing to fire up the first time was incredible. And I think that just kind of fueled the addiction um, because before I had this one done, I already had another one on the shelf. Like I knew I wasn't going to stop. So, right. um, but, but, yeah. but that's the thing is you can't, I mean, you have a brand new motorcycle. Yes. It's not a Harley. We know this. But I don't want you have a brand. You have right. Neither does Mike. A, no. Neither do fuck, I. Okay. Fuck, <laughs> Harley. Fucking. I, I mean, I would have a street glide. I can't say that I wouldn't have a Harley, but or I would have a a soft tail slim or something. But anyway, I wouldn't own a Dyna. I'll tell you that piece of shit. Where is your Dyna? Um, <laughs> I well, I take that back. I do own a Dyna, and it's only because <laughs> someone give it to me. <laughs> and it was in a it was in a cardboard hey here's the sons anchovies model dyna and, and it I gets got the wobbles right and falls off all the time it does every so often <laughs> um but you can't you know you couldn't go out here and purchase harley for three grand i mean you could purchase a harley for three grand but it wouldn't be a new harley for three grand no, um you can get a new tire for a harley for about three grand yeah. Yeah. You can get an oil change. Yeah. That's oil good. Change. So just to, um, just to clarify, Brian, because I think, I think it's a, I think it's good for people to know you didn't ride or work on bikes. You went out and took the MSF course. You bought a vintage style motorcycle, completely tore it down to the frame and built it completely up from scratch. And, and this is your, your passion now is these vintage Honda motorcycles that you buy, restore, rebuild, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and ride, I'm assuming you do ride, right? Yep. And so, you know, for those people that are wondering out there, what it, you know, can I get into motorcycling? What can I do? You can do like Brian and you can go take an MSF course and you can buy an old bike and build it from scratch. If you have it in you and, and you have enough patience and a passion for this. It's possible because yeah, he's patience. Doing patience is key. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. But yeah, you can do it and you don't have to spend, you know, 10 grand on a new bike. No, I mean, because it, it, I ride Harleys. I, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember walking through the showroom at that Harley de- dealership, I, you know, as day two or three or whatever on my course. Cause I think it was a four day course and walking through there and be like, God, what do I, what do I want? You know? And I think what is Harley selling, um, What's the other brand? Is it Triumph that they're selling now? Kind of. Deal? No, so, some dealers carry BMWs here, but that's that's about it. Usually it's yeah, just Harley. They had something else. I, I forget what it was, but then I looked at the price tag and I was just like, 
dude, I'm excited about riding a motorcycle, but not for that much money. No shit here. And, they don't even put the prices on the motorcycles at my dealership. Yeah. There's no, yeah, they had them lined up. Yeah, no, but people can do this stuff. And I think that that, that is what I learned through the YouTube series for sure. And from listening to the feedback that I get in these comments from people, it's like people, I, I don't profess to be an expert in motorcycles at all. Okay. But the one comment that I love to get more than anything is when people are like, Brian, I watched you do it, and now I have the confidence to try, right? They just yeah. needed to, like, they're like, I have a manual. I, I've read the manual. I get it, but I just needed to see somebody do it once, right? Yeah. So then they right. find it. They find those videos, and they do it. And the, the series is, I mean, it's a little OCD. I mean, no joke. <laughs> no, it's a little over the top. Uh, I mean, I've um, watched a bunch of them, but I'll tell you what, if you search Honda CVs, your your shit is populated strong in the searches. Yeah, yeah, it's only going to get stronger too. So yeah, it, yeah. I, I'm excited for what can can come, and that's why I'm I'm and I'm excited to try and build that community a little bit with these uh, with these Honda Twins. I, I think it'll be be a lot of fun because it is like an entry kind of thing, and you know, just uh, like a side note, like professionally, you know, I'm an educator, right? You know, I, I teach people things. I love pa another passion of mine is teaching things. Another passion of mine are these motorcycles. You know, another passion is restoring old things. Like, you know, find old garage sale finds. Well, let's freaking fix that up. And I've always been into that. So I just brought it all together finally. I was like, stop BSing yourself. You, you got a few things. You got the skills to pay the bills. You can do this. Let's put it all together and see what you can do. And uh, that that's really what, honestly, that's what it was. It, it was a happy accident that, that just kind of happened. So... Um, but yeah, the, the comments that come in of people saying I did it, or I tried it. I, I get a lot. I, I get a lot of people that call me terrible things too. But I don't, oh, I don't we know. all do, man. Right? That just means you've made it. I yeah, when you're so. on YouTube, you have to have some thick skin. You absolutely have to do that. But also, <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, the, the go ahead. Do, do you happen to know Jeff Tillman? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Well, he can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> and I made a video, and it's on my channel, about how to make a bag of dicks for someone. <laughs> no, th this guy would get yeah. on all of our videos and just say the dumbest he shit. Was, he was, he is a, he's a very passive aggressive and patronizing individual. He, he, he builds you up. He does the whole build up, knock you down, build you back up again thing. In and comments. so, and he was yeah, in, in, in the comments. And I'm I, finally, I just had had enough of the guy and wanted him to leave. And I, so I made him a video. He could eat a bag of dicks <laughs> and, you know, but. He, yeah, he he's gone. We haven't heard yeah. from him since. So we no. can always do some. If you got some new recipes, we can we can film that up. I'll come. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, come right. out to, I'll come out to Topeka. We'll do that. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Um. Do you think, Brian, that the? I mean, uh, of course, the good comments and the 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 good gestures from people is very uplifting and makes you you know motivates you a lot. Do you think that? the um the documentation and the uh 
you know, recording everything, of doing everything. Do you think that's what kept you interested in the build or? No, not necessarily. I, I don't because the, the 1970, the, my first bike, the gold CB350. Yeah. Um, that's my baby. You're going to pry that from my cold dead hands, that bike. Right. I love that motorcycle. I, I don't care. Um, I think it was more of a, more of an issue of when I got the second one, I saw this opportunity and the big motivation was that when I was working on my first bike, I would go to YouTube and Google how to remove the front forks. And there wasn't a video there for it. Or I would Mm. go and Google like how to, you know, um, there's tons of like carburetor adjustment stuff or like, how to you know hook set, set up the 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 hinges on a seat or whatever yeah. which way does this bracket go the picture doesn't tell me that it doesn't tell you that in the thing and i just started to see like this huge content opportunity to say right. why don't these videos exist mm-hmm. and then i just started making the damn videos and and went through it it, it wasn't calculated in any way i just um i was trying to just fill a void honestly i, I was like I just didn't know if the motive, if, if it motivated you to, you know, to, cause there's people that will start building a bike, you know, start on some, you know, start on whatever type of restoration or rebuild or, or whatever project they have. And then they'll just, they're stop in the middle of it and they're done and they go off the map. So that's what I was wondering is if that documentation and the content that you were providing to put on YouTube, is that, what kept you going on the project rather than just, you know, calling it quits for a while or whatever. Definitely. The video series definitely made me keep going because I didn't want to be one of those guys that left people hanging who were following, right? If somebody was following that project from here to here, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put the engine in. I'm not going to do the wiring, dude. I sat, I sat in this, in this shop, um, trying to film the wiring video. Like I was going to wire this thing up. And yeah. I was just like, this is such a pain in the ass to film. I don't e- I just want to wire it up and move on because filming that is really hard. It's really hard to do the film and do like how to videos. It takes you a, 10 a times as long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have yeah, a bunch of them on the Harley on the sportster and even some on the slim and it just takes fucking forever to do it can, um, uh, you know, the recipe that I came up with and the, the, yeah, the reason why I love live streaming right now is because it's just go, right? There's no editing. There's none of this. Like this podcast is awesome. We can just roll and do it. Um, but what I found, I, I just kind of made this little recipe. I, I told myself, so I've made videos before. If you go to my YouTube channel, I've got videos about installing peepholes, about, you know, how to build fires, how to do all this stuff. You can wait, make wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> peepholes. Indoors. A, get your mind Was that a three-inch hole saw? Yeah. A three-inch hole saw. That, that's what I was talking about in a couple other ones, is I'm going to do a video on how to install glory holes. <laughs> Dude, you would make a lot of you if you that's, monetize that you'll do okay that, that's that's what i thought he was talking about i mean <laughs> let me look that up on youtube and see if that's already <laughs> available that's already on there it's probably somebody's already probably already done the he, he, he just said something a little bit ago about filling a void and now he talks about making videos about Whoa. making people dude what's what? happening in my mind <laughs> hey hey oh hey <laughs> Thank you for coming and stopping by Carpentry with Cox. 
Daddy. <laughs> Bob okay. Ross with a whole song. <laughs> Glory hole at home how to. It's on YouTube, oh. people. <laughs> was, that, was, that already, was that already in your search history, Mary? No, Damn I it, just that, wasn't, that it wasn't supposed to be released until tomorrow. That's <laughs> <laughs> right next to that's right next to door knocker. Jesus. Uh, well, that took there's, a turn. <laughs> it does. There's it happens to go sideways. Yeah, dude. Is there's there? a niche. There's a niche for everything. There sure except is. for the CL three hundred or three fifty. That you made a niche for. I'm working on it. I wouldn't say that it's complete yet. I think um, yeah. I just have to keep keep moving through. But I do think that the the series will live on forever, right? It's evergreen. It's yeah. going to be there forever. It's going to help people out. It's like even if I quit, even if I stop, you know, next week, that's going to be there forever. And I, I I do think that there's huge value for it, whether or not you're brand new trying to rebuild your first bike. Or if you're a kind of a seasoned person who just wants to see exactly how it was set up, you know, yeah. like how does it, like it's a great reference piece, uh, stuff like that. So do you well, think that the fact that that style of bike is pretty popular right now is lending itself to, you know, making, you know, making that uh, content much more consumable? Yep. Yeah. The cafe racers, they're, they're hacking these things up. Right. And they're turning them into these kind of, you know, modern, I don't want to say hipster bikes or whatever they are, you know, but they're, they they're chopping these things it. up. You can say yeah. it. You can yeah. say Okay. It. Hipster bikes. And uh, <laughs> we're not politically it break, correct. <laughs> it breaks my freaking heart to see them cutting the rear ends off of those bikes though. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other thing, if I can just vent real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. Thing. Please, 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 please do. Dude, dude. I can't. I, boy, I, blue. I don't get why people don't polish aluminum and they and they half-ass it and they paint their freaking engines and they paint over these wheel rims and they paint over their hubs with this cheap paint that's going to come off in five years and they're going to have to do this stuff all over again i man please people if you're listening to this podcast buy some freaking sandpaper and they will be more beautiful than anything you could ever recreate with a spray can and they will last forever if you if yeah. every time you ride you just wipe them down with a cloth and a little bit of Meguiar's, you know it's going to be beautiful. Take please take the time. It just oh my god, there's so many tutorials out there, and people yeah. are like let's scuff them up and spray them. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Tony well, needs you, your own. Tony needs his own series on how to keep your your shit tight. I keep my oh, shit that's tight. Beautiful. <laughs> he, he's been he's been polishing his chrome for a while. Yes, yeah, so oh I keep gosh. my shit tight. So is that the bike that you're talking about? That's the 350. That's the, that would be the, so I can't quite see the tank stripe on that. Oh, sorry. My phone's um, coming out. Yeah. That that's pretty close to what I'm working on now. I think that might be a 69 though. Nah, might be a little bit know. earlier, but it's really just tank stripes. Yeah. And I was then looking some at the exhaust on it because that exhaust yeah, oh. is unique looking. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's that side pipe rise that that yeah. that you get that comes up, and you know the the CL isn't tr a true kind of off road you know bike, but it, yeah. the CB is street, the CL is street trail, and then yeah. they had yeah. the SL which had the high front fender. You know that the SL was kind of the the dirt bike. That that's kind of what I'm looking for one of those as the next project because then I would have like a, if I could get like a a 70 so i have a 70 cb 
get like mm-hmm. a 71 SL and then I would have a 72 CL. That'd be a pretty yeah. cool trajectory okay. for me. Yeah. yeah. I can see why there's so much interest in these bikes because there's so much character in beautiful. those older older Hondas and those older Suzukis. I mean, look at that. Yeah, that's a that is a there. beautiful bike. Those bikes just scream character. There's, there's they're definitely cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 straight up vintage. Um they, they and you know, it's all cable pull. <laughs> you know, it's it's a bike with an engine, man. That, that you know, right. uh, honestly, you know, a bicycle, I should say for clarity, but it is. Yeah. It's a they're simple. A they're not bicycle. complicated. No, but they're, they're really finicky. Not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a, they're, you know, they're not fuel injected. They're not modernized necessarily. Um, when we, you know, when we started doing the podcast, of course, a bunch of Harley guys on here, you know, I had a Harley, um, I had just bought a KLR 650 and, you know, it, it was one of those where it was a predominantly Harley conversation, you know, and, I like Harley. I just, I like the import market for affordability. And there, that's what I've tried to, the point I've just basically tried to get across to everyone on here is, you know, it's okay to own something other than a Harley and it's okay to own an older motorcycle. And for someone to say, well, I can't afford a motorcycle or, or whatever else, it doesn't matter if it takes you two years to build it. It doesn't matter if you get it done in six weeks. It doesn't, you know, whatever. If you have the means, you can purchase and build and ride a motorcycle that, hell, you can rebuild for $3,000 and it'd be brand new. Well, fuck, Brian you know? bought one for 100 bucks. That's yeah, what I'm that saying. That was the 72 CL. Yeah. yeah, I put about right. three grand into it. Yeah. I mean, I right. spend that at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> you know, I take my family to McDonald's and it's a hundred dollars. Like, damn, yeah. how many chicken nuggets did that buy, Tony? My kid, I, my my middle son can blow through twenty chicken nuggets before you can open up your fucking fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, let me let me or ask tic-tacs. you this. Because we, we've talked, we've talked about this in terms of our, you know, our motorcycles being, a, you know, a function of kind of how we ride and that kind of stuff. What kind of riding do you do on the bikes that you that you're building? So my favorite ride for me is honestly gravel roads. I so I'm in Southeast Michigan. It's kind of a lakes area of Michigan down here, and I just like getting off the pavement and finding these obscure gravel roads and seeing where they come out <laughs> and kind of yep. just figure my way, my figure my way back. Okay. Um, in a way it's, it's a great, I enjoy it because you're kind of unplugging from technology, right? Cause I don't have a phone mount. I'm not using my GPS, but I just find these random roads. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a, a into the speed so much. Um, right. I just like that 30 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour, and then when the road's real clean, you can let them rip, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and go. Um, and you don't I, encounter much traffic on the gravel, do you? None. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. best part, man. And 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 the and the the roads out here in southeast Michigan are just canopies of trees. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Nice. Like it's just a beautiful ride. And you just hear those twins just going, you know. And yeah. it's a it's a great feeling. And and you drive by some of these old farmsteads and, and and things out here, man. And if there's somebody out in the lawn, you know, anybody over sixty, they stop what they're doing and they they turn and they look. And they're like, Whoa, I've that's a sound from the past. 
you know, right. and right. like people really, really appreciate it. I have people, you know, stop a lot and they're just like, whoa, I haven't seen one of those since I was, you know, in the Air Force, you know, when I was right. in Vietnam or whatever, you know, right. it's a, it's a real throwback. It's a great conversation starter uh, and they stand out. They're, they're just, they're, they're different. I think how that's many, what I love about it. How many, uh, how many Harleys do you pass on those gravel roads? How many Harleys? None. <laughs> oh, Mike, oh, Mike okay. probably needs to go change his pants after that last answer. <laughs> Why is that? Because Mike, you don't that's... understand. You don't understand how long I've waited to have a guest on here that mentioned a gravel road other than me. <laughs> it's just so peaceful, and it and the the worst thing you're looking out for is is a you know a pothole from a puddle, you know, or something, yep. or or a random squirrel or a rabbit. You know, and oh, you just hit those. I promise you, they'll they'll squish <laughs> oh, right under the tire, yeah. and you just keep <laughs> on trucking. Yeah, I can't condone that, but you know, to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> have Have you ever Have you ever taken one of those uh, those bikes on a um like a, an actual road trip? Uh, no, not yet. Um, we're planning one. Um, uh, yeah, so we're gonna get a friend of mine. We're we're working on these uh, pretty close. He's the guy in the UP. He's working on a bike, and uh, once we get those done, I think uh, yeah, we want to go on on road trips. Now, do I want to go on a you know a thousand mile road trip on a three fifty twin? No, not really. I think that would be, you know, there's I'm sure somebody would do it, but that ain't necessarily for me. Um, but right. I would love to you know drive two, three, four hours to a great campsite on Lake Michigan you know, mm. hang out and, and cruise back. I think that that would be amazing. Just, but here, here's the thing. If any of your listeners can help, can help me out, this oh would be shit. Guys, I am looking for rear luggage racks for CB motorcycles, CB350s, dude. They do not exist. And when they show up, they are ridiculous, dude. People kill each other over these things. Um, rear luggage rack would make all of that come to fruition for sure. Make it work. So where, where's the happy spot on these three fifties? Cause all, all motorcycles have this happy area where they like to run. Yeah. About 6,000 RPMs from, about, from, and, from what I've seen. What, what does that relate in miles per hour on that? Um, probably 6,000. I mean, well, you can ride 6,000 wherever the hell you're at, but probably, you know, if you can go about 6,000 RPMs, 40, between 40 and 50 miles an hour, mm-hmm. they're pretty happy. You know, so they're, 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 they'll just roll, you know, they're, they're, they're really great. Um, I, I, the other, I see a lot of people redlining these, these engines, you know, too, and, and, and ripping on them. And I don't know, I, I kind of treat them like elder statesmen a little bit. You well, know, it's like, when, hey, you 6, 000, when you say 6,000, when you say 6,000 RPMs, us Harley guys, we don't know anything about that. Cause our shit redlines at 56. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mine, we do mine not goes, have uh, those high RPMs. Mine goes n- 90 miles an hour at about uh, 3,200 RPMs. Really? Wow. So I can just pick, go back to You're going to have to try here. that again, Ryan. My tachometer goes like, up to 12,000. Yeah, no. Harley's red yeah. line at 56. <laughs> and my CRF red line's at 10. To, well, it doesn't right now. It doesn't anymore because I got my Vortex ECU on it. But So my CRF red line's at 10 seven i think or something like that and i was in mexico this morning on my way to work and (laughs) my bike went 95 and it was very happy well you know when i was taking apart the cv as i was tossing the speedometer over my shoulder as i was taking everything off of it i was looking at it going god damn 12,000 rpms that's a lot 
I, yeah, Man. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, they'll they'll scream. They'll, they they yeah. will scream. Um, but you can you can ride them nice. You know what I mean? You don't have to yeah. tear them to pieces. They 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 ride great. I mean, they'll you know the book says I think that they'll do like ninety five. I don't want to yeah. do 95 on that motorcycle. No, like, that's, that's right. terrifying. You know, yeah. I, I think I've downhill. I got this one up to like 70 one time. And I was like, that's enough. Like, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Let's hit the rear drum brake. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, so you know, let's slow down a little bit. So you're basically- kid over here cruises at 90 on the expressway. Yes, I, can't I do. do it. <laughs> my first trip, my first trip to San Francisco, um, watching the lane splitters. Those oh, guys have balls God. of steel. So have you ever Apparently. watched uh, Matt Laidlaw, any of his stuff on YouTube? He I probably have. Dealership. I'm not familiar with that channel name. Well, he, he he's an owner of a dealership, a Harley dealership in, okay. in uh, California. And he does these test ride videos. And, I mean, he is just lane splitting the shit out. And it, it makes my ass pucker, even watching it on no YouTube. Way. I'm like, my God. He'll lane split going like 80 on a full yeah. full bagger. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to run across this uh, this pickup truck that has mirror extenders for their RV trailer. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't imagine. Like, I come fucking, on, guys. I got hit by a fucking June bug in the forehead one time and it almost knocked me out. I couldn't <laughs> yep. imagine getting hit with something bigger. <laughs> well, I got California designed for that because they make the they make the lanes are wider. So they are, you know, the okay. roads are actually designed for lane splitting. Well, it doesn't because matter. It, you can't legal fucking for ride anything anyway there. With all the restrictions. When you put a three-foot mirror on the side of a truck, you you know, they weren't widened for a three-foot mirror on the side of a truck. Yeah, I, think, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I think it was the most latest one where they were saying how, you know, drivers are naturally anticipating people traveling the same speed as you to make their decisions, right? I think you were talking yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, That's exactly it. Like, I, I was riding in the back of a taxi, you know, going to the, the conference center for work. And all of a sudden, zoom, a motorcycle flies by me. You know, I'm just like, what kind of death wish do you have here, dude? No. I mean, because the traffic was already bad enough to where the taxi cab's aggressive, trying to get over to where he needs to be. I mean, I didn't even right. see it coming. It's, it, mm. I mean, to each their own, again. But Yeah. So, Brian, seems- are you planning on, like, building some bikes and selling them? Or you, what, what's, your, what's your plan there? It's a great question. Oh, um, I, I I love them. I love them. Um, it's going to be tough, but I think that I I um, I've got my two that I love, mm-hmm. and I, I think I could get to the point to where I could start selling them. Um, but you know, previously when we started the podcast too, I think that there are some awesome opportunities with charity. I think mm-hmm. there's some awesome opportunities to like do good, right? Because yeah. it, it's kind of a luxury, yeah. and I admit it's a luxury to be able to you know do what I'm doing and, you know, go buy bikes and, and rebuild them. I think there's good to be had in the world. I, I don't yeah. think I, I could just sell them for the sake of selling them, you know? Yeah. And I, and I also think that conveying the value of those bikes and the time that the that's, time that's that the hard goes part. into you know these I mean? bikes. Well, yeah. your time yeah. is going to have to be a labor of love because you're never going to get yep. your time out of it, but right. there's probably in my opinion, there's probably never been a better time to be, uh, you know, to be a fan of and or building those, those style bikes because they are hot right now. I mean, they are. that, you know, sure. rebuilt as a, as vintage, like you're doing or cafe or however you want. 
yeah. mean, there is a market for that style of bike. And even if you were just going to say, you know what, I'm going to build them and sell them for my investment so I can buy the next one. So I always have a project to do, you know, right now that, that might be the key to get millennials on motorcycles, right? A very cool old looking vintage bike for 3000 bucks. Right. I mean, that could be, I mean, that market could be, it, it could be an untapped market that could be really just amazingly wide open. And, you know, they're all of a sudden you have three or four buddies that have paid 3000 bucks for this brand new looking vintage motorcycle that they can just rip around town on. No, it's not brand new looking. It was brand new, all new parts. Pretty much. But I mean, what? Yeah, right. So either way, but it's, it's a, it's a vintage bike that's going to look brand new. And, and you're, you know, you're telling me the sweet spot, that miles per hour sweet spot is perfect for around town. Right, so they're great commuter bikes. Right, that, great that, commuter that bikes. Market for that bike right now is probably quite literally infinite, because that's that's the people you want to hit. You know what I mean? And they yeah, can buy yeah. them from you and cut the back off of it and put a cage oh. on it. Yeah, dang. Yes, right. some some of these bikes, you know, they're they're going for a pretty penny. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going for you know a car like a a show bike. You know, right. I, I get a lot of people that comment on the videos saying, yeah, that part needs re-chroming. What are you wasting your time? You know, you know, polishing that old chrome. Fuck, man. You can't. I mean, just <sighs> put a buffer wheel it. on it. I can't do it. Like, I, I, I just can't shit, do it. And some of the shit's insane. So there's this little fucking spring that hooks on the, the brake, the brake pedal, the rear brake pedal. That Oh, yeah. The, for the brake light? No, the other one. The actual that returns the brake pedal. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The smaller one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little smaller spring. I found it on YouTube today. The spring was $29. Yep. I went to Home Depot and bought a spring for 99 cents and it worked fine. Dude, amazing. (laughs) One of the biggest like epiphanies that I had one day, I was buying bolts. It was for something else in my house. But I I never noticed this ever once in my life, ever. And I'm a handy person, right? Like, I'll, I'll, I fix stuff. And I looked on top of the bolt shelf at the hardware store, and it had those guides with all the things you could, yeah, like, find. Yeah, you could figure what, it out. You yeah. could figure out which one you needed. And I was like, wait, so if I could I just bring these Honda bolts over here and find the right bolt? And yes. I, and I was like, holy yeah. crap, that was like 59 cents. I know. Some- <laughs> you know, make sure you buy hardened ones when necessary. But yeah, you know no. what I mean? But it, it can be done. And so the current build that I'm doing on the live stream right now, I'm treating it as an economy build because I've, you know, I dumped a ton of cash into, well, not a ton, but I, I mean, some, that, that's a lot of money um, to, yeah. to do that. So I'm trying to use the parts that I have and to be resourceful, um, you know, with finding options. Like, so on the channel, you know, I call it MacGyverizing. You know, let's MacGyverize here enough so it's safe, number one, safe priority, number one. But you don't necessarily need to go get that 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 white Honda, you know, part bag. You know what I mean? Right. Like when you get that part, like a lot of times you don't need it. Now, in some cases, you absolutely do. Um, it's really the only thing you can do unless you've got a lathe where you can make your own stuff. Um, but it, it can be done. I, 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 I Do you have a lathe, Mike? Mike, so actually, I was getting ready to call you today because I wasn't able, I wasn't, um, I couldn't find this fucking part, and I was like, I'm gonna have Mike make this fucker for yeah, me. Yeah, right. I'm actually a a uh, 
a, a fabrication technician too, and I'm a, a oh, programmer. Man. I'm I, manual machining. Yeah, I got everything. Um, I program and run and test and adjust all of my own programs on a Herco CNC mill. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I do every day. You know, I should just give you a list of like the five <laughs> most hard to find bolts and, and you manufacture those things. We go into business together because I'm telling Man, you, rear fender great. bolts on CB motorcycles are hard to find. They sure yeah. the fuck are. Dude. Yeah. I could do those yeah. on the, uh, over at my actually over at my brother's house i go over on his manual lathe and make those you know don't know how don't know how long it'd take me to make the bolt but i'm sure once i did one or two of them i'd be all right so what actually put the hair in your ass to go take the the course was it just you woke up one day and go i'm gonna learn how to ride a motorcycle i i I binge watched a bunch of chips (laughs) <laughs> god damn poncherello got him no so no, 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 no 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 I, I was john john was my guy um and uh and uh i don't know it's just like something i remember coming home from sunday school growing up and i believe chips was on tbs at like 10 30 or something and i would come home from sunday school and watch chips and i kind of got the bug and, so and chips. i think i chips i i think so i like uh, that dude, or maybe that's where it. the the wiring in my brain you know kind of yeah. came together I, i'm not sure well maybe most they of the time on sundays i eat eggs benedict and doc come home and get the shits too you eat somebody's <laughs> the, dick the, what did you say <laughs> eggs yeah <laughs> I, yeah the, like, the God, other thing, man. no dick eating on Sunday. I like Holland. I like that Holland days. How do you oh like your Benny's dick? God. With Holland days, extra. Actually. Oh, over easy. Or- you only eat that- dicks on holidays? <laughs> no, that's every Sunday. Oh. <laughs> oh the the only other thing I would add to that thought, although that was very <laughs> profound. <laughs> <laughs> is that I do think a lot of it was fueled by one binge watching chips and a lot of regret that I never got back on a bike. Yeah. And I, it was just something I always felt, you know, like nice. uh, my grandfather rode and built bikes. My dad rode bikes, you know, everything. And, you know, you have that one negative experience in your life and that tears that experience away from you if you don't get over it. So I think yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of it was honestly like, dude, go get this, like, stop, make it happen because we have kind of beat this horse to death on the podcast of what is it going to take to get these kids on motorcycles these days this this new generation because they're they just don't seem interested in them they need to discontinue the fucking playstation yeah god damn right they do well i think a lot of people are learning really bad habits kind of alongside of all of that as well i mean everything is like x factor x extreme you know and like the, the the just the joy of just cruising a gravel road or yeah. or building or, or you know putting the work in is kind of a lost art a little bit um, I, I you so, don't have to go fast and you don't have to do wheelies you know no i yeah. mean That's right. like last week i was telling people i was like a fucking scooter could pass me and i have 1800 cc's on my harley and i'm doing 30 miles an hour right. i'm in no rush yeah right exactly you know slow down 
Yeah. I, I, great point, man. Like I had a little epiphany just on this podcast now, just, you know, how you talked about this younger generation, getting them fired up. And I, and I do notice that a lot of people engaging with it, there's a split, you know, I can look at my YouTube analytics and see who's watching the videos. Sure. People over 45 are watching my videos and they're contributing really thoughtful comments and stuff. But there's also like that second segment are people between, you know, that 20 and 30 kind of margin where they just wanted to see somebody do it and it builds confidence in them to do it. And I'm happy to learn live. I'm, I'm happy to experiment. I'm not trying to be an expert um, I just want people right. to come along with the journey and, yeah. and, and, and make them think it can be done. You, you know, the, the biggest comments I get on a lot of my painting videos are like, you suck, bro. You got to learn how to paint, <laughs> you know, all this stuff, you know, like, dude, they're, the painters are ruthless. All right. Like they, they are hardcore. Man, uh, I'm just trying to cover up the rust. I'm not totally. trying to make a show bike here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The painters, the painters want you to put their secrets out there and let them know that, you know, other people can do it. Yeah. And, and some of those guys are contributing helpful tips. You know, I yeah. think there's a big difference in like being, um, you know, useful to people. And then there's just another segment of, of just hate, you know, you know, just got to crap on everything. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of knowledge flying around in the comments. And I've been trying to yeah. kind of figure out a way to maybe harness some of those comments um, to do that. Like, how many times have I gotten a comment about you know, I, I love Evaporust, for example. You know, I would oh, love yeah. a sponsorship from Evaporust. Hey, Evaporust, come on, let's do this. But people right. are like, dude, just use vinegar. You know, Brian, just use aluminum foil and water. You know, so I did this video. on I tested it. Aluminum foil water, aluminum foil coke, you know, vinegar, you know, all of it. And I went through it and I was in, and come up with these solutions to say, okay, this worked. This kind of did. You know, if you want to half-ass it, sure, do it this way. I dropped all good stuff. You got to listen to the community and, and, uh, and, uh, just, they, they give me the best content ideas to be quite honest. You know, they're they're as big a part of this as anybody else. Sounds like it would be a good idea to do a mentorship program. Oh, that would be amazing. There's a lot of these like cooperative, um, work places. Like people are building, you know, they lease out a a, a motorcycle shop. There's like tool sharing um, and and people can come in and do that and do classes and stuff. I still think that I'm still learning. Right. I, I, you know, I, I I don't think I'm there yet, Yeah. but I'm, I, but I've, I've jumped into like, this isn't that complicated when you step back and look at it. Right. And if you do it once, if you do something once, the lessons that you learn from mm-hmm. it, you apply to the next experience yeah. and you're just that much better about it. But right? just think if you could influence one or two young men or young women, Absolutely. they would influence and that would just keep growing. Right, and that's going to carry everything. Yeah, on. we're actually, yeah. Ryan, what's that thing that we're doing, Ryan? What's that? That, that mentorship thing? What's, what's, what's that thing? Yeah, so. What, what we kind of uh, thought about is one of the things that, that we, when, when we did a survey about, you know, how, how, do, how do new riders get into riding, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, one of the things that, that uh, we talked about was, you know, it's intimidating for a new rider to go into a dealership of any kind and talk to somebody who knows something about motorcycles when you know nothing. Or Absolutely. if you want to get a bike and you know no one that rides, who are you going to ride with, Right. Because there's something about the community aspect of motorcycling that's unique, I think, to our sport. And so 
what you know we talked a little bit about that and so we want to do a five dirty bikers mentor program where we're going to get people to people that are already in our community that already ride they're going to they're on our discord and we're going to say hey if you if you want to get into motorcycling join our discord hit up somebody that lives in your state they will go with you to a dealership. They will hook you up with people that ride. They will help you get signed up for an MSF course. You know, people that can, you know, kind of that are available, that are in the sport, that love it, that want to, you know, be a part of getting new riders on the road. And it doesn't matter, right? I mean, I ride a Harley, Tony does, but Mike rides a Honda. It doesn't matter to us, right? We don't care about what kind of motorcycle you ride. That's not important. I don't care if it's a dirt bike or a scooter. Let's get more people on two wheels. More Except people can love it. We don't like Can-Ams. Can-Ams can fuck off. They're not <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> but, you know, we want, we want to get more people on there. And so we want to provide an avenue of to be able to do something good, right? To, to provide an opportunity for people to get on bikes. And so we're starting a, a mentor program that's going to be attached. It's the 5 Biker Mentor Program. It's going to be attached to our Discord where... A new rider can get on our Discord because our Discord's free. It doesn't cost anything. Mike, how much does the Discord cost? Hey, it's fucking free. Hear that. It's free. Your free. Discord can, is free? It's free. free. Yep, so okay. they, can, or they can get on our Discord and they FR will be able to... F-R-Triple-E. F-R-Triple-E for sure. They'll, they'll be able to get into our Discord and then if they don't ride, we'll hook them up with a mentor in their area that will be willing to help them out. So that's that's mm-hmm. what we're working towards. Yeah, that's I, I love that. That's brilliant. That could work. It could. It could. Well, well the the fact of carrying on, like you were talking, you you have the older people or the people that are comment that are watching. You you've got all the people who are do it yourselfers. You have the people who are professionals. You have people that. Um, have been in the trade that restore bikes that do this, that do that, that follow you. You know, you have a, a lot of experienced people there, and then you have a lot of inexperienced people. And that's where the that's where the benefit of of having a good positive channel comes into play because people can watch and you know and and learn. And that's you know that's the thing. I make mistakes on crap I do, and but. people have to understand that when it comes to a motorcycle as a car, as anything else, it is a basic, simple machine. It doesn't matter how many wires it has on it. It doesn't matter how many computers, ECUs, switches, whatever. It is a combustion engine, whether it's fuel injected or carbureted. And it's a simple machine. Gas and air go in, there's a boom, fumes go out, and it drives the motor. And, and that's, people can do this, you know, like you, like you did. You took a motorcycle and rebuilt it and made your own bike from, you know, sort of scratch. I mean, you've, you've rebuilt it now, but that's the thing is you started out with something that you could make a, a, enjoyable experience out of and i think a lot of people if they would just say okay look throw i'm going to throw my pride to the side i don't have to have a twenty-five thousand dollar harley i can go out here and buy a two thousand dollar motorcycle and have fun doing something and not be in fucking debt right that's huge the other thing about this and and i literally rebuilt the 72 in an extra bedroom 
in my house. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right. Right. Like, I would have gotten so divorced. You, so on you that don't one. need like <laughs> you don't need a giant shop. You don't need a motorcycle lift. You don't no. need all of this stuff. Right. It makes um, it easier. It does. But, but you easy. don't need it. You don't need it. Um, yeah, you, you don't. Uh, you know, yeah. that, that like I would say probably over well over half of that video series was filmed in a spare bedroom in my house. Right. That's cool. Well, it's like telling people that the only kind of tool they can need to buy is Snap-on. You can go to Harbor Freight and find a tool that's going to work for you and do your job. I mean, if you're a mechanic and you do it for a living and you're going to be using those wrenches every single day and every minute of every day, then Snap-on tools might be the best thing for you. But when you're right. in your garage and you're, you know, mucking around with your bike, there's a lot of less expensive tools you can buy that will do the exact same job. You just don't even don't have to buy. have the right tool for a job. You no. can just buy, you can buy a, a Leatherman <laughs> and a Leatherman will do you right. I'll tell you what, a butter knife's the best flathead screwdriver I ever found. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> hey, J-I-S, if I leave the listeners with anything, if you're working on Japanese motorcycles, oh, they're the not Phillips. Phillips. They're not <laughs> Phillips. They're no. J-I-S. You got to buy a set of Japanese industry standard screwdrivers. It will change your life. You will not strip and, things out, and your life will be better for it. And an impact driver. Impact driver, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I figured that out real quick when I started taking this engine apart. I was like, this fucking Phillips isn't right. And I was like, a three's too big, a two's too small. Or I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Right. Yeah. It's oh, them Siri, it. them Siri Japanese. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> they... The Japanese and the way that they engineer things, I mean, look at Subaru, you know, look at those Japanese companies, man. They build things off of platforms and they improve platforms over long term. You know, I, I mean, the, the, the engineering and that stuff is, is rock solid. Um, that's one of the things I, I love about it, too. I drive a Subaru, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, I, got a, I got a fleet. So, Brian, we, a fleet uh, of Subarus? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's all Subaru and Honda. That's pretty so, much it. So we have uh, when, when we have a new guest on the show that uh, is not familiar with what we do here in Five Duty Bikers, we typically have two questions that we ask them, and uh, um, we're not we're not going to let you get out of here without answering these two questions. Let's do it. So uh, the, the the first question is, where do you stand with White Castle? I've never lived within proximity of White Castle. Um, so I actually, I can't say I've ever had White Castle, but it's also not something that if I saw it, I would stop for. Oh, have you had a crystal? It's, it's similar. No, no, I, I don't know. There's something about the building, like fake castle building. You're trying too hard. They are so delicious. <laughs> Just make a good burger. They're, they're so delicious and i really do. don't think white castle like i don't think crystal compares to white no, castle because crystals are nasty that's just I, crystal I, you went to if i could go back in time i would go back to like the 1990 to 2000 hardy's oh, oh dude, that was a good I, one I monster in, burger yes with curly fries and a mountain dew the boss burger. Oh, they're not the same. 
They're not the same now. They got them on this weird oh. caramely freaking bun or whatever. <laughs> Do you remember the boss? Take burger? me back to 1997 well, and let me get a monster burger with girls. So when I was a kid, Hardee's, they used to have them on their regular menu. And it was a Hardee's mushroom Swiss burger. Yes. And oh. so when I was like 14, 15 years old. They had the mushroom Swiss burger, had the brown gravy with the mushrooms, and oh my god, I could eat like four of those things. You were you were dominating the fucking mushroom Swiss burger, weren't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> they changed up the brown gravy. Steak. That's where they fucked up. <laughs> can't, they, can't, downhill. can't just go fucking with the gravy, man. No, no, gravy is an integral part of a mushroom Swiss burger. <laughs> Hardy Hardy's went downhill. It did, man. Uh -huh. I used to work in I used to work in the kitchen back in '96. Oh man, dude, they're amazing. You they need are. to you need to get down. You need to get down towards. Like, I'm uh, talking pre Angus burgers. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. pre six dollar burger. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always so you get, need to the, get down uh, south towards Ohio and shit, and get to a White Castle because White Castle will set you free, buddy. Anus is a good anus is a good segue. Anus. <laughs> the question number two. Okay. Enos oh. is a good segue to question number two, Mike. This one is not nearly as politically correct. With as you, the first with one. you being a, an educator, <laughs> and and in and in not for long, I don't think. And in knowledge being an integral part of your personality, if that's what knowledge is. <laughs> do you know what a merkin is? A merkin. Yeah. That's somebody who loves the flag, will fight <laughs> for this country. No matter what. No, no, no. The actual Merkin. No, I do not. This is they before he tells you what it is, you can buy one on Amazon. Do I want to buy one on Amazon? Is the question. No. No. You, sure. may, you may need one. We don't know that much about you. <laughs> we're we're not making any any pre-justice or whatever it's called. Pre-judgments uh, or assumptions. Pre-judgments, that's it. It's not prejudice. That's right. But nope, we're not prejudiced here. A merkin is otherwise known as a pubic wig. Who would need what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you see, back in the 16th century, the whores had chlamydia, and they had chlamydia so bad that their hair fell out. And in order oh. to disguise their lack of pubicity. <laughs> They would For lack of have, cleanliness. They so is this around these, the time where when, when people used wigs, the elite used yes. wigs because they were having sex with everybody and they had syphilis, they lost their hair. Yes. And they had the yeah. same same equivalent for their pubic regions. Yeah. Yes. yes. You just fascinating. lick it. You, they just <laughs> no. lick it, slap it on, and it glues right, glues right to it. It and reactivates they, the things from the day before and just sticks to them. <laughs> so you can I actually go on Amazon right now and purchase a Merkin. Yes. I'll get right on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hearts and stars and diamonds and horseshoes. And now it's time for... The Whip Banana Mono Word of the Day. It's like jet fuel for your mind. The word of the day is co uter rear. Oh my God. A uterus in your rear? 
cold. He's hitting it so hard that he hit the rear <laughs> from the uterus. Oh. <laughs> Had a hook to oh, it. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, if you hey, that is a bruised uterus is no laughing matter. <laughs> Tony just swallowed his dip. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> He's got. His face is so red, he doesn't even want to show it. It's a Guinness record for longest face palm. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. Mary came out, guns are blazing on that one. I'm telling you. Ba-bam. That's sort of like one of them, uh, them infomercial things or what like like PSA announcements. Hey, this is a this is wet banana mic with a public services announcement. It's not a live matter to have a bruised uterus. It is not. <laughs> no. Um spelling is K O O dash T O O R. Cooter. Cooter? Is this Cooter? Is this <laughs> Yeah. No, it's classy. It's Couture. Couture. <laughs> That's after yeah. a wax. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to a couture. I know. Hey, that's what the, that's where the that's where they come from Brazil. They're Brazilian. Brazilian couture? Yeah. The couture. Yeah. It's a hairless. <laughs> a hairless one. Yeah. Yeah, dash E E <laughs> dash E Y. Uh, Unstoppables B. <laughs> Couture E I. Yow. Yow. No, E I. It's bruised. <laughs> I felt it all the way in my anus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what hell of a bed. <laughs> Look at Tony turned around in his chair. He, he done a total 180. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tony has gone. He can't even look at the camera right now, y'all. He's got his back to hey, This is This He's is being serious. Hey, hey, this is being serious. Mm. People... <laughs> Some people have problems, some people don't, and it's not a laughing matter. I can tell you, if a, if you happen to have a hooked or curved uterus or a low uterus, it feels like someone is trying to sword fight you with a broomstick <laughs> while you're having sex. How do you know this, Mike? How the fuck <laughs> else do you think I know? <laughs> And it hurts, and it's not fun. Mm. I've never heard of a curved uterus. Yeah. It's a face or whatever. It's it's cupped uterus. I can tell you it's not fun. It feels like somebody is jabbing you in the end of your penis with a broomstick, and I don't like it. The couture. Yeah. Yeah. The cooter in the rear. <laughs> yeah. That Brian, wasn't a cooter. You have to say about that. I can't even I can't even <laughs> tell you what I have to say about that. He is silent. <laughs> yeah. Um 
It's making me uh, feel a certain way. <laughs> the co the co uterer the co u the co the co uterer. God damn it! I can't even fucking pronounce it now. Holy shit! Coder in the rear. The definition is first and only. God damn it! I gotta start this shit over. Definition for cooter in the rear. A fashion designer who manufactures and sells clothes that have been tailor-read to a client's specific requirements and me assure mints. Ash ass mints. Yeah. You might need some of those if you have a cooter in the rear. <laughs> hey, if you get a cooter in the rear, that is quite possibly going to be a very bad UTI. Ooh, ouch. Those are painful. Yeah. Mm. You can't mix them. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You no. can't mix them. A lot of people don't know that. That's gross. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, Palm Facer, <laughs> Tony Cox. <laughs> would you like for me to use the co-uter in a rear? I, I'm in waiting for this for five minutes. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Examples of co the cooter in the rear would be <laughs> the top cooter in the rears will be showing at Fashion Week. Bet they will. There's going to be some mini skirts <laughs> and some deep knee bends. Yeah. <laughs> Assless chaps and oh, yoga pants. Mm. I love yoga pants too. <laughs> wait, wait. Yoga. If you all ever see my leg <laughs> in that position again, nine one one. Because it's broke. <laughs> Cooter in the rear. Cooter in. That's a huge bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She said, "Also known as a BBW backshot." <laughs> oh. Um. Oh. Second example of co uter in the rear. He worked in a dry cleaner doing alterations, but his dream was to be a cooter in the rear. <laughs> his dying wish his dying yeah. wish might have needed some dry cleaning before he altered it oh shit I fucking forgot it hold on <laughs> this is a nail it comes from French, French. late 19th century well that, that makes sense with Coutard <laughs> yeah Coutard 
It's Who a Brazilian. Talk? It's a Brazilian French. <laughs> it's a French Brazilian. It's it's French Portuguese. Yeah, those two countries border each other. They come from the from the from the France and Portuguese uh, peninsula where they are where the the line is the <laughs> the equator, the butt crack, the butt yeah. crack. Yeah, where the line that's the line. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you could have a good breakfast there. Yeah, mm. in a rear cooter. No, a Portu- in Portuguese. Portuguese. <laughs> Holy shit! You could, <laughs> you could go to Portugal. You could be in Portugal, right? And you could have breakfast, and then you could walk across the state line, and then you could have lunch in France. <laughs> you could have eggs Benedict. <laughs> I don't know. You might still be full from that breakfast. Yeah, I think you'd probably be in the hospital. <laughs> having your stomach pumped mr mr benta's dick yeah eggs i do Bentis not dick. i do not like eggs benedict really not a fan not a fan i don't man. like the hollandaise sauce i don't either you oh, haven't man. had good hollandaise sauce then maybe i haven't i think i yeah. no. i think i had those in mexico last year too too close to peter paste too that close is to not Cox-Not. no comment <laughs> Coxnot. Coxnot. <laughs> Was that too much? I apologize. No. no. That's what my gra- that's what your grandmother used to call it. Oh, <laughs> oh. Why it always got a circle around to my poor grandma? Last time Mike talked her, at least that's what she called it. Yeah. Oh Tony and his old Coxnot. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Peter Paste. Peter Paste. <laughs> and that Just, has been. And that has been. <laughs> and that has been the word of the day. Keep it dirty, riders. And we'll see you next time on FDB Podcast.